Hey, everybody. Tom and Keith, thanks for uh, tuning into the podcast. Spread the word if you haven't uh, already done so, and uh, we appreciate it. And I would also appreciate the uh, fine folks at the Dunlap Champions Club, KJ. They uh, have very much stepped up. That allows us to present this, uh, shall we say, commercial-free is that the proper way of saying it? I think it is. It Without is. commercial interruption. There you go. Uh, hopefully you test drove the uh, the premium club seats that are the, the Champions Club during the spring game. Maybe you went to Doke after dark. Maybe you've been to some of the uh, the pillar events. They just had Dalvin Cook honored. They're going to have one for Coach Bowden coming up. Uh, I do need to point out they've got half-season tickets on sale for this coming year. So uh, for that, you get Miami or Louisville and then any two of the remaining four home games. Not a bad deal. Not a bad deal at all. And it, again, if you need a private tour, if you just want to go up there and look around call Seminole Boosters uh, I'm sure Jerry and his crew will make sure that they get somebody out there to show you around you will be impressed if you've never set foot in that structure should point out the half season uh, tickets uh, are 750 but that's what makes it a good deal there if you want to test drive it you can visit seminoles.com backslash tickets or call 583-9066 line one to buy your tickets and schedule that private tour now without further ado Drum roll, please. This week's front row. Broadcasting live from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in the capital city of Tallahassee, this is the front row with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Brought to you by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener. Online at ctf.nu. Here's Tom and Keith. Hello, everybody. Just as we all predicted, we're previewing the Super Regional that'll be in Tallahassee this weekend. Tom Block, Keith Jones. How are you, KJ? Knew it would be in Tallahassee the entire time, did we? Had no doubts whatsoever. I do want to start, before we get to baseball, though, as we welcome you to the front row, uh, with a little message for the guy who usually is in this seat. I don't know if you listened to Seminole Headlines this week, Keith, but Jeff Cameron and Corey and Ira got onto a tangent about the status of the chairs in here i hear our names were were mentioned we were besmirched well truthfully you were thrown directly under the bus and then i was casually mentioned after that and i texted jeff i said i didn't break no stinking chair okay so that was yesterday so today we come in keith's already sitting in a chair i sit down and the complete chair breaks in two and i roll backwards i mean if it's Two things. A, I'm glad that you're not savvy enough with your phone to have had the camera going because I was on my back over here, and I am going to contact my attorneys to get in touch with ESPN Tallahassee about this. Secondly, they've not put us on the YouTube channel yet like they do the JCS, and uh, this would have been – I mean it would have gone viral instantly had people seen – I was a sprawling – I looked like the bus had backed over me right here in the back corner of the studio. In, in the form of self-disclosure – I, I caught you out of the corner. I have really good peripheral vision, so I could tell something happened. Well, the room is only like 10 yeah. by 10, hopefully. So I turn, and you're on your back. <laughs> and my first impulse, you know how your mind races ahead of you? My, I, if, it took about two seconds for me to react, but I went through about 30 seconds of thought process. My first thought was to laugh my ass off. <laughs> and then I caught myself, and I went, uh-oh, he may be hurt. So I had to hold that expression and make sure you were okay. And then I gave and you then the, I laughed my and ass. And then off. I gave you the green light to go ahead and laugh. <laughs> I'm just going to say, had the had it been reversed, I think I would have just laughed. I don't know if I would have given you that. I will tell you, you're very graceful. The last time I did something similar to that, I had introduced. Remember Mike Godfrey that did yeah. uh, ESPN analyst work. Uh, I was in uh, I was in, with the Tallahassee Quarterback Club, and I was in, in charge of the program one year. So I had arranged for him to come in and speak. We were at the Silver Slipper, and the Slipper had put us up on that little stage. It's about you know eight or ten inches off of the floor. And I introduce Coach Godfrey, and he comes up, and I go to the very end of the dais, and I turn my chair forty five degrees. So that I can look back. Oh, this to him. is not going to end well. I can look back to this him. This is not going to end well. And as soon as I sit down, the the one of the legs of the chairs, I had turned it off of that uh, platform, and I go head over heels. And Tommy, I hit hard, and and with such momentum that I bounced up. I literally jumped up, hit the floor on my feet, and leaned against the wall like nothing had happened. Like nothing. I got a standing ovation. <laughs> Of course, Godfrey didn't know what was going on. I couldn't replicate that again if I tried. And then you had to spend the next two months at the chiropractor. No, I was Which, if that's where I end up, guess who's getting a bill for that? I heard that. Well, this is fitting because what we just described is sort of what this baseball season felt like 
until about the last month. Well, until the Louisville trip. Until the Louisville trip. I mean, really, it felt like it was a three-legged chair, and I mean, it was just nothing. The parts weren't fitting. If they were hitting, they couldn't pitch. If they were pitching, they couldn't hit. And if they couldn't play because they were hurt and everything in between. Well, having said that, there was great optimism at the start of the year because we knew what the parts and pieces were. And now they have the parts. and team was ranked number one in the country at one point in the season. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is not a team that's come out of nowhere. But for them to get where they are now, to do what they did in Louisville, to lose a game on Friday night, I, the, the stat came out that since they've been in this regional format, regional, super regional, which is 1999, and there's 16 of those a year, only 21 times has a team lost the opening game of the regional and won four in a row to advance. FSU was the 21st. They also did it in 2008. So FSU's done it two out of the 21 times. Wow. However many years that is, times 16 regionals. But it is quite an accomplishment, and uh, hats off to Will Zierzow and the entire pitching staff. It, it makes for an interesting weekend here. They got the luck of the draw. Well, if I say luck of the draw, let's be fair. If Sam Houston State's good enough to beat Arizona, who was the national runners-up last year, twice, and beat Texas Tech twice there, maybe there's no luck to it. But and the point is heard, they'll be at home. Have you heard some of the dialogue from the national media that the that – you ought to seed them going into the regional, and then once you know who's going into the super regional, you should reseed the teams. I think that's the most absurd idea I've ever heard. Well, because you take away the opportunity of a Sam Houston State to have a remarkable season, have a remarkable time in the tournament, and if they got the luck of the draw, of course they've got Florida State, but let's say it had been Tennessee uh, Tech or, or right, whatever. Right. No, you, you do the seeding. And you play it through. No, I agree with that. The problem is they don't do the seating beyond one to eight. Which That's is, your point. Which is which is stupid. And I know the – I'd like to see the bottom line when you think about the millions and millions and millions and hundreds of millions of dollars the NCAA makes. Now, granted, their biggest line item expense right now is lawsuits. But they make a lot of money on the basketball tournament. We get to baseball, which is their third biggest sport, and they're trying to promote it. They're trying to grow the game. It's on every avenue of ESPN, watch ESPN. And then instead of seeding beyond, uh, the, you know, beyond the national seeds, they hide behind the cost savings of not wanting to fly teams around. Uh, even in softball, they seed deeper than this, and it's just flat out dumb. They need they need to get past. If you don't want to f- seed one to sixty four, you got to at least seed one to sixteen. But there really is no reason that they don't seed it out. I, I, and I would agree. And I would tell you that I think somewhere the committee has that list. Or at least mentally oh, has it. They definitely do. And then they adjust and they go, well, here's uh, – well, that's only a 14 seed. And here's a, a 7 seed that's 60 miles away. So we'll put the 7 seed there. And then you get a tougher regional than what somebody else has. And it's all because of geography. And at the end of the day, when you consider millions with lots of zeros, hundreds of millions, how many charter flights are they really saving? Six or eight? I mean, what 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 kind of line item number are we talking about? A million bucks or less, probably in travel for the NCAA. Not much. Not much. They need they need to fix that. All right, I feel, feel better. better. I do feel better. I do feel better. You know what else make me feel better? Our Seminoles dot com insiders coming up uh, in a moment. We we should test him though. We will. We're going to quiz. Tim does not know that we're going to quiz him, but we will. And, and if I had given him a quiz about uh, Madison Social or College Town, he would do much better on this. Uh, uh, Madso, by the way. Pretty good chance that'll be in play this weekend and uh, that whole area with 12 noon games. They've got a great brunch over there. Centrale Italian uh, Parlor has a, a, a great lunch, 11 items for 11 bucks. And in case you're looking for a reason to increase your cholesterol levels, which you may not. Well, my list. Free beer cheese fries with any leader at Township 7 to 9 tomorrow night. Hmm. So there you go. I had my uh, visit to uh for my physical this week so you know i've got another 361 days or so so i mean if i was going to splurge now's the time right just kidding doc just kidding all right (laughs) (laughs) we'll come back with tim linnefeld right after this on the front row Front Row with Tom Block and Keith Jones is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Here's Tom and Keith. Do 
You know what? It was unintentional, but this change in music, uh, walk-up music for our Seminoles.com insider, Tim Linnefeld, has led to big things. Maybe we should stay with it for a while. Two games from Omaha for the Knowles as we say hello to Tim via the Earl Bacon Agency hotline, the Earl Bacon Agency, ensuring your future together. Tim, how are you? I'm doing well. And, you know, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the, the change in the song coincided with the baseball team's now famous trip to Louisville, the fateful trip that has obviously turned around the season. So I think you're really on to something. I think that's probably where most of the credit lies with what the baseball team's been able to do for the last month or so. What do you think? Well, I, I agree. And, and we've, to be fair, we've got to give you credit because it was last week on this very show that you predicted that the Knowles would lose the first game, bounce back by winning four straight, and that Will Zierzow would be the hero with a complete game two hitter in Monday. So, I mean, obviously you know what you're talking about. I think I called both complete games, if I remember correctly. To be fair, you're right. Based on your memory, that would be correct. (laughs) To be fair, though, we all pretty much call the Tyler Holton complete game. I mean, he just rolls out of bed and throws complete games or quality starts now. No, seriously, uh, a lot of things we could talk about. The grit and determination of this team would be one. But the miraculous improvement of the pitching staff across the board has to be at the top of the list, does it not? Oh, gosh, it was unbelievable. And, and, you know, you almost feel bad for Drew Paris, who – in that loss against Tennessee Tech, really had probably his best outing of the season. He was fantastic. Uh, it was the offense that struggled in that game, which was, uh, you know, I think we went into that game expecting a lot of hits and a lot of runs, given what Tennessee Tech had done to that point. It was the complete opposite. So uh, between him, obviously Tyler Holton, you can't say enough about what he's been able to do uh, over the last month or so. I think in his last four starts, he's got two complete games, uh, and the other two, he threw eight innings. Uh, he's just been uh, unbelievable. I, you know, I thought Cole Sands, given the circumstances, especially the fact that he had to work around a two-and-a-half-hour weather delay, I thought he did just fine uh, in, in his outing. Uh, and then, of course, Andrew Carp and Will Zierzow uh, really sort of stepping up and, and making the most of their opportunities and, and giving Florida State chances to extend its season. It's funny how you know now on the other side of the regional, you look back and say, oh, you know, all right, this, this team's really you know, it's surging. It's making things happen. It's close to Omaha. Uh, and, and those things are all true. But, you know, when you remember that Auburn game and, and all the drama there, they deserve a lot of credit for, for digging deep when you know, the, the chips were down because they were down there in the uh, in the bottom of the ninth for them to be able to come through and make some things happen and now have a what I would, you know, I think it's fair to say have a pretty good chance to go to Omaha. Uh, it's pretty remarkable. Well, of the three of us, uh, I guess I'm the only one that had no idea who Zerzal was. I'd never even heard of him. <laughs> well, he, I mean, he'd been a, I think, and he only had three starts, Tim, and I guess they were probably, if I looked back, the weeks that FSU played five games. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, what's funny about it is I remember yeah, the day before the game, or maybe the day of the game, I pulled up his game log to kind of get an idea of what to expect because it had been so long since If you looked at his numbers, none of them were, were, you know, especially bad. There wasn't any obvious reason why he wouldn't have fished in such a long time, save for the fact that they ran out of midweek games. You're right. So, you know, once once the calendar gets deeper into May, you, you don't play those midweeks anymore, and all of a sudden the, the opportunities for those those yeah, extended bullpen guys uh, become a little bit more scarce so you hadn't seen them. But he'd actually seen the, you know, the pitch all right. His numbers were, were pretty solid, and, and obviously, I mean, nothing that would suggest a complete game two-day shutout, don't get me wrong, uh, but he seemed like a pretty capable guy, and he certainly showed, uh, showed that the other night. And so now it's the question to me is, you know, what is his role going forward? Do we see him again? Uh, given the the format that's coming up, uh, and you know, you, you certainly could, but I, I, it's weird. Like you know, I saw some folks on Twitter, and oh man, here's how I better be starting in the super regional, or if they make it to Omaha, he's got to get a start. And I, I guess it's possible, but I don't know that it's guaranteed because, like we mentioned before, so many other guys, so many other starters, are also fishing well too. Well, and I think we do have to remember that it was a once in a decade performance. Although we saw the same thing down in Gainesville uh, last year. Uh, I, I think what's going to be interesting, and but, I, but Drew Carlton didn't come out of left field when he did that. that last that's year. also you know correct. I mean? That's also correct. Yeah. But I, I think whether we see Zerdau or not, and Tom made this point to me yesterday when we were talking in a little bit of prep work we do for this sh- uh, show. It depends on who it you're facing. It was at facing. least a two minute phone call. Yeah, I mean a prep. It, it depends on who you're facing because you know you're going up against uh, a, a team that's used to power pitching out of the Southeastern Conference. I don't know that Zierzow would have been that successful against Tennessee Tech or someone like that that's not used to seeing uh, the power pitching. His stuff was amazing, but normally a team second or third time through the order will make some adjustments on that breaking ball, and, and, and there just were no adjustments to be made. Yeah, I think you're, you're probably right there. And, you know, After the game, I thought Mike Martin and Mike Bell were both very candid. They were asked what their 
their best case scenario was for for Monday night. And Martin laughed and said, four, baby, <laughs> meaning four innings. Uh, and, and then uh, later on, Mike Bell came in and talked to a couple of reporters, and he was asked the same question. And he said, you know, look, I just I thought if you just get us one time through the lineup uh, and, and turn over the bullpen, we'd be okay. Uh, and, and that's a reasonable expectation, especially for a guy. You know, it's tough. I want to offer a little, little caveat here. You go down this road. I don't want to be seen as, as any of us taking anything away from Will because, I mean, man alive, that was unbelievable. So when you're saying that, you know, you thought that, that one trip to the lineup would have been good, I, I don't mean to, to, you know, as, as a knock. I think you guys understand that. Uh, but that's that, I think, is what everybody was sort of hoping you could do, just get through the third or fourth inning. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, Martin said, you're at the, the fourth inning and you're looking up and they don't have a hit. <laughs> so you're not going to pull them at that point. Uh, and then all of a sudden, it just, it just kept on rolling and rolling and rolling. And then, you know, I think at, at one point uh, before the seventh inning, uh, one of the reporters in the press box leaned over to me and said, uh, you know, do, you, do you consider pulling his ears out now? And I said, no. <laughs> and he said, well, he hasn't thrown longer than this, uh, you know, in his entire career. I said, well, they don't have a hit. <laughs> <laughs> or they have one hit, so uh, you know. Until then, I'm, I'm letting him ride, and, and so I don't. I don't think anybody had any designs on him going six, seven, eight, nine innings. But as long as Auburn wasn't getting on base, how do you pull him? Yeah, and I didn't talk to Eleven or Bell, but my thought before the game was if they could get five innings out of Zier's out and Chase Haney, then maybe they can piece together the other four. That's what I was thinking. So as I watched it unfold, it was amazing. And by the way, a side note, Tim, Keith and I have decided that since it works so well for Zier's out, we're going to take, what, 28, 29 days between shows because we think we'll be stronger when we come back for the front well, row. And we think we can finish. And we, Yeah, we can probably finish the show. be a complete show. Yeah, what do you think? I think that's something a great idea. I'll join you. You let me know where you'll be, and I'll uh, I'll come and we can, we can huddle up together. Yeah, we might have to do twenty eight days since we only do the show on Wednesdays. Otherwise, the math won't work. But you get the point. All right, it's time for some trivia, Tim. Now, Keith uh, told me that some of this was in the the paper, and I didn't see that, so you may already be well prepped on this. But Sam Houston State comes to town. It's their first ever super regional appearance after uh, appearing in a regional championship uh, three times prior. They finally get through. So where is Sam Houston State? I mean, uh, in Texas. The city. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh gee. you know what? I, um, I I knew this the other day, and, and I I forgot it really quickly. I will go. I watched the game, the Texas Tech game. We watched that in the office. You okay. There were some interested eyes in the in the Florida State Athletics office on that game on Monday afternoon. Good job by answering Texas, by the way. That's how I would have answered that if I, it's in Huntsville, Texas, which is hey, like wrong. sixty miles uh, north of Houston. Uh, enrollment about twenty thousand. All right, famous alums from Sam Houston State. Uh, he's a former network news correspondent. So, uh, one of the big three. Brian Williams. Eh. Uh, man, I'm, 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 come on! I'm a millennial. I don't watch network news. Dan Rather is the answer there. Oh, that would have been my next guess. Okay, you, I, I, you, I don't see uh, Dan Rather as being from Texas. But there you go. All right. All right. You you follow Jimbo, so you might know this one. Uh, Jimbo uses this guy as a motivational speaker. Navy oh, is a uh, like like a full time motivational? Or? No, not full time. But he's been oh. and he's written a book, Navy Seal. Oh gosh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Oh, you're going to embarrass me on the radio. So I, I can't we are. I, I can't remember anybody. We are. This is bad radio. Marcus Luttrell. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lone, yeah, lone yeah. survivor. Okay, gotcha. uh, and this you talk about a. Uh, not an impressive list, and there's a lot of names on it, but a backup quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Johnny Manziel? No. No, he was no. at Texas A&M. I don't he think is he, from Texas, though. Yeah, he is, but I don't think he – he's probably partied at Sam Houston State, if I had to guess. But the answer is Josh McCown. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, see that. All kinds of connections here. Yeah, and to be fair, Tim, we could ask these questions of anybody outside of the state of Texas or outside of Huntsville, Texas, and they're not going to know these answers either. So um, the mascot for Sam Houston, any idea what his name is? Uh, no, I know they are the Bearcats with a K. Do you know why they have a K? Uh, to differentiate from the University of Cincinnati, that was my best guess the other day. Okay, well, this is from the uh, the news source that is Wikipedia, so I okay. draw your own conclusions. Uh they used to be called Sam Houston Normal Institute, and so okay. the athletic nicknames were the Normals. But when the, the Texas legislature changed the name of Sam Houston Normal Institute to Sam Houston State Teachers College, the term normal became outdated. They settled on Bearcats, and there was some thought that maybe it had to do with the carnivorous mammal that resides in the jungles of uh, South America. 
But the consensus is it's doubtful of that, and so it just came to be via a popular local saying at the time, tough as a bear cat. And since the animal in the saying was thought more mythical than real, the spelling settled upon was bear cat with a K. Wow. That's, uh, Riveting. I'll be- yeah, I, I got to be honest. That's not nearly as exciting as I thought it was. Riveting. Be. Yeah. Well, that's the. I mean, I'm. It's Wikipedia. That's all I got. All right. And we all won't. Right. We won't put you further on the spot. That's. I don't know that I've ever gone over in a trivia before. I'm usually pretty good at trivia questions. But that was not my finest. Well, question. again, if you've read anything that has appeared in the paper, Florida State is in the bottom ten percent in one category, and Sam Houston State, and it's now Sam Houston State University instead of Teachers College, but they are in the top ten in the country in a category. Exact opposites. What's the category? Uh, is it baseball? Yep. All right. We're going to need some music here to interject. Am I on my phone clock? You are. You are. But hey, I, I didn't know there was going to be a quiz today, you guys. This well, well, I know, but this is why, I mean, you do the homework. You have to be prepared every time you come to class. You just never oh, know. That's a fair point. What is it? Sacrifice bunts. See, I thought, I thought it was bunting. I thought it was something to do with bunting. Yes, and actually, they bunt a lot, not just for sacrifice yeah, exactly. bunts, but for face hits. And a good article in the paper today about them bunting with two strikes, two outs, runner on third. I mean, that is going to be hard to defend. I will say this. Given Florida State struggles to pick up or throw the baseball around the field sometimes, that article concerned me when I read that. Yeah, no, it definitely uh, caught my eye as well. Uh, and, you know, look, like, like you said, uh, normally when a two-out or two-strike situation, your third baseman and your first baseman aren't thinking fun. Uh, so, you know, Florida State better be able to do that. And look, I think if you were looking for a way, especially if you were an underdog who didn't have as much overall talent, uh, the best thing you can do, and this I think is the case for any team, not just for, for playing Florida State, but go and put some pressure on those defenders. Uh, you know, make those guys make plays. And if, if you do that enough times, you know, maybe you, you, you run into a situation where they'll throw one in the stands or they'll throw one away and you're able to, to get a couple extra base runners that you wouldn't have normally had. I think if you're Sam Houston State, uh, that's your best recipe for success. Uh, and if you already have lots of practice doing that, and that's sort of your thing, uh, then all the better. So, uh, yeah, I think, you know, it could be a busy weekend for Dylan Busby and Drew Mendoza. I'm sure uh, if we're aware of this, they're aware of it, too. So I can imagine that, that they're uh, addressing that this week. But that absolutely is a, a huge thing to keep an eye on. They'll have lots of PFP this week, too. Pitchers fielding practice, no question. Tim, on the basketball beat, and then we'll let you go. Uh, a certain player committed, signed FSU recently. I don't think we talked about him here because you weren't permitted to at that time. Can you comment now on said player? Yeah, I think so. I think we're uh, we're out. Uh, MJ Walker, right? Yes, MJ Walker. So uh, yeah. I, I teed that up so as not to incriminate you here. But uh, <laughs> what what is it? We, uh, we put out the release on that. And I think I think like an hour or two after we talked about it. Uh, Probably. So, yeah, we anyway. need to, we need to better coordinate that. But what's your thoughts? What does he bring to Leonard's team? Well, my first thought is, gosh, I'm gonna, uh, you know, I'm gonna have to be really sharp when differentiating between MJ Walker and CJ Walker. I uh, can't imagine that uh, that we've had that before. Uh, no, look, it's a it's a great thing uh, for for Florida State, obviously, to to get some more high end talent. I think it speaks to to the staff there with uh, with Leonard and Cy and Dennis and Stan what they were able to what they're able to do uh, on the recruiting trail, and 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 so you know we'll see. I mean, anybody who can can handle the ball and and, and score the ball when you're when you're losing Dwayne Bacon and Jonathan Isaac is a it's definitely a good thing. I mean. We'll see what happens. He's a freshman, but you know, of course, he's had a pretty good track record with freshmen over the last couple of years. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I would I would be excited about it for sure. All right, good deal, Tim. Hey, by the way, in, in case you were concerned, uh, your two lowest quiz scores from the semester will be dropped. Will so, be dropped. Yes, yeah, it's, so, it's in the syllabus. It's posted to a Blackboard. Yeah, so you're Beautiful. you're in good shape, Tim. We no, appreciate, appreciate it. it our Seminoles.com insider, Tim Linnefelt. And uh, to be fair, we really did put him on the spot. I didn't give him any advance notice, that, uh, and I wouldn't have known any of those either. I, I only knew the Dan Rather one because I happened to have read the paper. <laughs> there you go. All right, we'll come back and roll on with more of the front row momentarily. Front Row is brought to you by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener. Two locations to choose from, 1110 Stuckey Avenue and 3269 Crawfordville Highway. Call them at 580-1200 or online at ctf.nu. Now, here's Tom and Keith. We are back on the front row. Tom and Keith with you. Quincy Neoporti will join us uh, coming up next segment. 
Was that unfair to do to Tim? Well, I don't know if it was unfair, but I was a little disappointed. And, and I guess technically he got my question correct. I did not hear him say bunting. The technical answer was sacrifice bunting, but be that as it may. Um, we'll, we'll give him a C plus. But as you mentioned, you know, you get to drop your two lowest quizzes. I mean, see, here's the thing. When Keith and I have these extensive pre-production meetings leading up to these Wednesday hour performances that last, as I mentioned earlier, sometimes 120, even 180 seconds sometimes, Tim's never a part of that. So maybe we should include him. Give him a seat at the table. Nah. Exactly. Let's give him some. Give him a, a, a chance to voice his opinion. Nah, nah. <laughs> we do appreciate Tim. By the way, you being mentioned semester. Did you read where uh, McCaffrey? I guess it is can't practice. Oh, this this is another dumb rule. Well, you know why that is? Because the semester at Stanford's not. No, over. they're not on the semester system. They're on the quarter system. Oh, I used to be on the quarter. At Florida State was the quarter system. We didn't get out of class till the middle of June. It's, it's simply the way this university is set up. And, you know, that's a dumb rule. Yeah. If you didn't read it, McCaffrey cannot work out with his team. With the Panthers. With the Panthers until the semester is completed at the institution that he got drafted out of. And because they're on the quarter system, they're not over until, what, to yesterday, today, whenever it was. That'll teach Carolina to go and draft a Stanford kid. I mean, you're really rolling the dice there if you're going to take somebody out of that school, huh? I mean, you can you can put that one up there with the fact that they don't see the yeah, another. What, Keith and I, since the chairs won't work, we brought soap boxes in now. <laughs> All right, we do this every year. Everybody does it. I follow my Twitter feed and look, and every other regional is complaining about the same thing. Not even the home versus visiting team thing, which... Well, at least they let Florida State stay in their own dugout. Remember when they used to... If Florida State was a visitor, right. they had to go to the third base dugout. But... But, okay, if you want to say we're trying to balance it out so that the host of the regional is not always the home team, okay, fine. But when you get to the winner-take-all game seven, shouldn't you not be flipping a coin or looking at the formula? Shouldn't the team that earned the host seed be the host, the home team? I was going to say, that's the reason they're, they're the right. one seed. That's but, the reason they're hosting. But that's not even the soapbox thing. The soapbox thing is, and Lulu tweeted another picture of it, is when they don't let the home team have access to its clubhouse, because there's not a clubhouse for the visiting team. So what you end up with is the home team sitting in a hallway, uncomfortable, in a position they've never been in. So they are now feeling more displaced in their own park than the visiting team is. Because when you go on the road, you know that's what you're getting. Well, but again, back to my other point, it used to be you had to physically be in the other dugout. Yeah, I, You I, could I, not even be in your own dugout. Let's talk about an, uh, two other stupid things. This is a good soapbox segment. Number one. Florida State has been selling beer at Dickhauser Stadium for two years. They now sell beer at the College World Series, I believe softball and baseball. But the NCAA decreed that you can't sell beer during the regionals. Probably because it's on a college campus and they don't want to be the one. I don't know the politics of that. but So they've basically changed the rules for what Florida State is doing anyway for two years. Beyond that. I was not aware of that. If you don't drink beer, whatever, that's fine. Uh, even if you don't really drink beer, it kind of goes with watching a baseball game, eating a hot dog, that kind of thing, apple pie. We have replay now. Use it. I mean, we use it in college basketball. We use it in college football. Did he tag him or did he not tag him? Did, did I wasn't watching the TV version. I was listening to Lulu, So, and Lulu didn't have a replay. Did he tag him or not tag him? Everybody in the you stands. should be able to tell. Everybody in the stands has got – they were rolling video on their cameras, I mean on their phones. They've they got to look. I know that I've been on the soapbox about speeding up the college game and that this is contrary to that because it would slow it down, but you got to at least get it in play here. Well, and the number one thing is get it right. And if that adds some time to it, so be it. Once we start adding time to it, we'll find a way to speed it up. We've been doing that for years on the college football side. But get the call right. This was all me. Do you have anything from your soapbox? I mean, I just went off on about five of them there. Uh... I thought Kathy Griffin was wrong. <laughs> That's a road we're not going to go down on this show. I meant related to the confines of college athletics, maybe specific to NCAA baseball. Uh, I'm good. Here's another one, and this is not a soapbox Can we go back thing. to wooden bats? Aaron Fitt, uh, with, uh, who, college baseball expert and, and apologies, it used to be Baseball America. I don't recall offhand if he's D1 Baseball now or still Baseball America. Apologies, because we may invite him on the show. He's brought up the point. Uh, you, you, the draft comes up Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. 
he gets horrified every year at this time uh, about the overuse of the aces on these staffs to try and get out of the regional guy throws 120 pitches on friday night up oh, there he is on monday again trying to pitch and he's one of the guy and the pro guys are this way you'll see uh, keith law with the spn uh and so it's opened up the conversation he even admitted that he's more open now to maybe the idea of playing the regionals as a best of three series now i guess to do that you'd have to extend the season at least another week because you'd have to have 32 series to get down to 32 teams then you'd have to do it again to get down to 16 to do the super regionals but the 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 point being less wear and tear or you would be uh, depriving coaches of the right to make bad decisions related to the future uh, health of their pitchers arms i don't know if i can join you on that one you like it the way it is i I do maybe it's just because we're now used to it they've been what this is your do we need a little league rule do we need a number an inning limit or a pitch count limit for him up 150 pitches over the weekend you can't throw them again sorry we'll we'll call that sort of we call that the richie lewis rule (laughs) (laughs) well and there's actually there's a uh there's a website boydsworld.com and and when i looked at it last week i don't know if he's still updating it but it actually has a pitch count watch and you can go through and look and it's everybody who's throwing a significant number of pitches uh, over the course of the year and there's some you see and this is in one game not over a three-day span kind of thing you'll see 150 160 pitches sometimes i mean there's a lot of folks what's the name of that cheat sheet that uh 11 doesn't like you guys using uh oh, the games. situational stats Situ- uh, is it a, i wonder if it's on the situational stats anywhere by team if the teams keep maybe track. well and the situational stats are sort of out there now there used to be a time when you couldn't readily get that information but now that games every game is broadcast a lot of that stuff is uh is sort of hidden all right quincy neoporti is going to join us next and the idea of bringing q on is not really to talk baseball it's to talk about everything else because this is a guy that has fun playing the sport of baseball he is a throwback we will probably talk about florida state's chances in the matchup with sam houston state and we'll do that when we roll on right after this on the front row The Front Row with Tom Block and Keith Jones is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Here's Tom and Keith. Back on the Front Row, and we get back to FSU baseball now via the Earl Bacon Agency hotline as we say hello to Quincy Neoporti, who leads Florida State and runs batted in and is just a joy to watch play the sport. Quincy, how are you? Good. How you guys doing? Good. Let, let's start there. I mean, I, baseball lends itself to guys, uh, not just guys with character, but guys that are characters. And uh, you strike me as both in that vein. But have you always had so much fun playing whatever or doing whatever it is that you do? Because truly, you look like you have a lot of fun when you're out there on the field. Right. Um, I have to say yes. And I think I, I've always been the, the kid or the guy that that – has actually gotten himself into a little bit of trouble either in the classroom or on the field to where probably every single one of my coaches have been like, listen, you need to either tone it down a little bit or, or just relax and, and take a chill pill. Cause uh, I had a, several times in high school football where I had uh, my, my high school coaches would tell me like, listen, like, you're, you're, you're crazy. You got to just kind of relax and be a little bit of a normal individual and just play the sport. So, I mean, I think, it's just kind of who I am, just a, a hyperactive, extremely weird individual. But it works well, I would think, particularly in baseball where it can be a grind and, you know, you're in a slump or a guy's in a slump and he's two for his last 22 or a pitcher struggling, whatever, or the team's in a losing. I mean, I, just kind of the monotony of baseball, it feels like you help break that up. I mean, do you, is that part of your role? Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, everybody knows that, that you talk to people that aren't in love with baseball and you ask them, why, why don't you watch? And, and they'll just say it's too long, too boring, and, and too slow with a lot of downtime. And I think that the players actually go through that too. And, and I think if you've got some guys like me and, and some other guys that, that are constantly keeping people on their toes or just constantly doing something out of the ordinary that you wouldn't expect to see when you watch a baseball game, it kind of brings a little bit more excitement and, and just kind of that – unpredictability to the sport because, I mean, you'll, you'll turn on a college baseball game or even a pro baseball game and, 
and you'll look in the dugout and, and you got guys throwing seeds at people, sticking gum on their hats, and just sitting around talking. I mean, baseball is a, a sport where there's a lot of patience involved and, and just a lot of downtime. So it's just what you do with that downtime and make it fun. And, and I just try and make the most of that, honestly. Yeah, I'm wondering what the conversation went like with Coach Bell and Meat and Eleven when they're sitting around going, you know, we ought to move, we ought to move uh, Q to DH. <laughs> and then Eleven goes, he's going to be on the bench with me the entire ball game. <laughs> that's uh, that's really funny you said that because the, the ongoing joke was uh, when I came in and played first base, and then I started to come back my junior year and, and embrace the DH role. I, I, I would always apologize to people and and tell them that they have to deal with me in the dugout for nine innings now. Well, as long as we're on this subject, what's the best prank you've played in your Florida State days that, we have, that we're not aware of that you can share on the radio? Uh, best prank? Uh, I don't know why I always get this question, and it's always hard to think. Cause, uh, no, you know why you get this question all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, my all-time favorite – Obviously, for, for several reasons that a lot of people are probably aware of is, is when we are winning big and, and all the guys are a little relaxed and loose, and, and we usually try and pick a, a freshman or a new person uh, to the organization, and we put tape on their heel and, and we light the, the, the tape on fire and wait for them to try and figure out that they're about to be on fire, and everyone will start cheering and chanting and getting hot. And, and uh, it's just a great – it's a 30-second just thrill for – for everybody except the guy that's being lit on fire. And I always love that one. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think. You can't claim the ownership of that one, though. That's been going on in the big leagues for years. I mean, that's just yeah, passed I mean, that's, down. That's, that's just tradition. That's also another reason why I love it. But my pranks are, I don't even know. Because I wouldn't even consider some of the things I do pranks. I mean, I got the, the water gun. I have several water guns hidden throughout the clubhouse. And, uh. <laughs> You never really know when when I'm going to pull out a water gun. I have a bubble machine in my locker, so um, there's some bubbles frequently. You guys will probably start seeing a lot more bubbles lately because it's forty dollars and I have to start using it in public. Um, See that? Yeah, yeah, this I don't is, know. This is the kind of insight that we you bring can only get on the front row. You can only get on the front row. <laughs> All right, I, we've got a lot more in that vein, but I feel like we need to actually talk a little bit of baseball. So uh, what? Okay. What? Um, I don't want to say surprises or impresses or what, what pleases you most about how the team has been playing over the last uh, month or so? Um, honestly, just the camaraderie and, and the, the overall just team bonding and then the way we all come together, especially in times where, where people, a lot of people, even our own, would say we're doubting us. And a lot of people had doubts that we weren't the team that we were expected to do. We came in with uh, unbelievable expectations from not only the experts, but our fans and ourselves. And I think we let a lot of people down. And I think the way the team has responded down the stretch here and, and kind of grown together and, and started to prove why everyone had that kind of hype for us to start the year is, is my most uh, – appreciative thing i guess of this team and season right now is just the way we've we've bonded now uh quincy i know it's still early in the week and 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 that type of thing but what impresses you what have you learned uh, in this short time about sam houston state and what they'll be bringing to to, to hauser for the super regional yeah i mean i'm i'm a veteran guy now here and and i'm just honestly impressed no matter who we were playing or what school was going to come to us or where we were going that they're still playing, and there's only 16 teams, and that that speaks for itself. And they're going to come in here, and and they're going to they're going to fight and claw and, and do absolutely everything in their power to be one of the eight teams left after this weekend. And uh, it's just impressive to to just see guys just constantly playing with with heart and passion and and willing their teams to to this stage of the year because obviously there's hundreds of teams that aren't playing now, and there's 16 that are, and and that's just that just speaks for itself in all honesty. Quincy, I'm still caught up on this prank thing, so apologies for <laughs> for digressing here. But uh, I know that you come from an athletic family. Your, your mom played tennis at FSU. Your mm-hmm. grandfather was on the PGA Tour. Your uncle was drafted by the Padres. You mentioned you played football. So what other what other sports did you play growing up? 
Uh, when I was a little kid, like it all goes back to to what we were talking about with eleven and, and me with me in the the dugout, just being as wild as I am. My mom would just be go play play something organized that you don't have to be around the house or inside. So I, starting at a young age, it's daylight. Go outside. <laughs> yeah, that exactly. I was I was one of those kids who were like if you're in the house, you're punished. Don't come in until you have to eat, and even then, you might have to eat outside. So. Um, my, my childhood started with, um, I'm not old enough to play t-ball, so I'll play softball with my sister on her team. I can look like a girl if I need to. And, uh, then I would, I swam, I played tennis, um, basketball, and then, uh, I was too big, I was too chunky and, and thick to play football at a young age because of the weight limit, and I would be playing against guys like my brother who's older than me by four years, which was not going to be good. So I, I picked up football late, but, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was everything, everything uh, that you can imagine except golf. I haven't, I picked up golf since I got into college because I didn't have the patience. Then obviously you can imagine me being wired on the golf course just doesn't fit like hand in hand. <laughs> what position did you play in football when you picked it up? Um, I was, uh, I'm like the defensive line, pretty much. Uh, okay. Every, every I, I, because I'm trying to picture if you had an end zone celebration, because I know what it looks like when you get to second base, which is, uh, and, and even, you know, so so talk about your dance moves here. I mean, do you, is this choreographed? I mean, do you have it scripted depending on what you do? Is there something for a single, a double, a triple? I mean, what you got? Well, we can just take the triple out of the question. I would never... <laughs> I mean, the outfielder would have to break his leg, and the other guy would have to be lost or be taking a phone call for me to get the third. But, um, hey, hey, Quincy, yeah. Quincy, I hope you're not offended, but I told my wife that the other night on the boss. I said, no, no, that's a double. That was Quincy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, 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 don't worry. I have so many people who were like, I thought you were going to go three. And I was like, yeah, no, I looked at it, and I didn't even think about it. <laughs> um, but, no, I mean, it's none of it's really choreographed. There's uh, Obviously, there's times where, where we'll be – We'll be talking with some of the guys, or I'll, I'll call ex, ex FSU teammates. Like DJ Stewart talks a lot about it, and we have some fun with that. But I mean, we'll we'll brainstorm and then we'll think about it. But I mean, I can barely remember what I eat for breakfast, so I can't plan something out the night or the day before or that morning up to where if I am fortunate enough to even hit a double or a single that night. Honestly, who knows what I'm going to do? I barely know what I'm going to do because. I have things to where I could be diving head first, which I really don't like to do because I look extremely ungraceful um, and try to be an animal in my celebration or stand up and, and just any, any dance move. I have people that are kind of just coming up to me and trying to give me ideas and all of them are seeming very generic. So I think the one thing that I always try to do is just be very unique and do something that nobody's really seen just, so people are like, what? <laughs> Where'd the XRM jersey come from that you were wearing the other night? I'm, I was just, uh, I've had that for a few months now, and um, I felt like it was a great wardrobe to wear to the field um, <laughs> that day. And, and I bought the jersey, I saw it, I liked it, and uh, I'm a huge believer in, in supporting our school and, and uh, fellow athletes here. And, Felt like it was a, a, a great time to wear it and uh, kind of walk to the field with a little bit of swagger and show I, off how bad I, I feel. A, I feel a kilt coming at some point in time. <laughs> ah, no, I've worn one kilt in my life, and it was for Halloween my freshman year at South High School College. And now, who to who know that that would have happened? See, you're late to the party on that one, Keith. Uh, yeah, no, I will, I did have shorts on underneath. Okay. The majority of the night, but Thank you. That there. that helps with the mental image. Appreciate that. <laughs> hey, uh, Quincy, when you first got to Florida State, uh, I, I happened to be on the call. Uh, I guess it was April of 2015 when FSU was playing Florida, and you hit that walk off. Which, if people weren't, if, if FSU folks hadn't endeared themselves to you yet, they certainly did at that point. But so you had the walk off home run, and then you had a bat flip for the ages. And I actually asked on Twitter if people had questions and uh, to, to ask you, and one of them was, "How did you refine your bat flip skills?" Um, to be completely honest, that bat flip was out of sheer relief and frustration that almost was like lifted because a lot of people don't really know this or remember or even care or realize but I was 0 for 5 having the worst day of my life before that walk-off happened and uh 
I hit it, and I was like, okay, I, I think I flipped it, not really because I thought it was a home run, but because I actually found the barrel. <laughs> it was it was a grind that day and i had so many people coming up to me saying you're gonna win this ball game and i was like you're absolutely crazy because i can't hit water if i fell off a boat right now and it was just it was it was great honestly it's just a whole 360 of the day hey quincy i don't know what's next for you when baseball's done i know the draft's coming up next week and hopefully florida state's got a lot more left but uh color analysis on baseball broadcast might be in your future if you want to go down that route <laughs> a lot of people say that but I, or, I, or how about stand-up comedy <laughs> yeah uh, I, I have no idea i mean I'm, I'm still trying to figure out what i want to do so um, we'll we'll see well, you let the cat out of the bag, I guess, at the ACC that you're the team's official DJ, apparently. So let's let's fast forward to whatever time it would be before a noon start on Saturday, before you take the field. I don't have the whole BP schedule. Uh, what what are you playing in the clubhouse before game one against Sam Houston State? Yeah, uh, it's actually a struggle to get on the ox court in our locker room because we now have like five or six guys that really like to – their, their music appreciation and, and about four of them it's the same and it's awful but um, I like I really like to go with like older 90s early 2000s like like hip hop and, and just kind of like just jams to where like if you go on the internet and just type in like 2000 summer hits I mean you'll you'll hear a lot of girly songs but I mean I, I like those the best but I try and mix it up and and bring the real techno new stuff that the new guys are, are liking. I'll, I'll try and please everybody so everybody can get the same kind of hype in before a game. But for the most part, I'm an older guy, and a lot of guys are, are ripping on me for, oh, he only plays old songs and, and classics. And, and the older guys appreciate it, but, but these new young, young freshmen, they like a little bit faster upbeat so the music makes your eyes rattle you know those millennials <laughs> you, you're not that old keith's rolling his eyes over here i'm over here going my my radio is stuck on xm7 that's the <laughs> 70s and you're saying 2000 is older music well it's older because you can actually hear like words and, and people are still actually singing the new music it's just electronic no, there's no words to sing. Well, here, I, I have to sing. So. Here's your new phrase. You can, I've been using it for years now. You may borrow it. Okay. I now know why my father hated my music. <laughs> there, there you go. Just wait. I can't stand what I'm listening to today. <laughs> yeah, that's, I think that's why a lot of people are starting to bring headphones. But uh, whatever we play, it will be loud. So, I mean, we'll, we'll all be, be enjoying it. Quincy, we appreciate uh, several minutes of your time. Uh, people have uh, enjoyed watching you play and watching your theatrics. Uh, and the beauty of it is that it's not choreographed, and it truly is playing with a passion, which I think we all appreciate. Best of luck this weekend. Continue this run, and uh, hopefully next week we're talking to you about going to Omaha. Absolutely. I'll talk to you then. Thank you. Uh, Thank right. you. Quincy Neoporti. If he if he played football with you, KJ, that, that's a linebacker personality right there, is it not? Very much so. And, and he would be a guy that you would love playing with. I can only imagine that uh, the teammates on that baseball team appreciate him not only for what he's able to do on the field but but you know baseball is a monotonous sport sometimes and the ability to break that up with levity and have a quote-unquote character that also performs on the field uh, i think it goes to part of that chemistry that camaraderie he talked about he's he's just fun to watch uh for a multitude of reasons we've got one more segment to go and we will do that after we do this The Front Row is brought to you by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener. Two locations to choose from, 1110 Stuckey Avenue and 3269 Crawfordville Highway. Call them at 580-1200 or online at ctf.nu. Now, here's Tom and Keith. All right, a few minutes to go. A few minutes uh, longer than normal. That was uh, entertaining uh, listening to Quincy. Character is the word that comes to mind. Uh, that's he, what, that's he, ha what, he has it, and he is one. 
How about him just admitting, first of all, let's take triple out of the equation. That that was a true story. So I, whenever he hit the double the other night, it comes off the right center field screen, and the center fielder misplays it. So it allows somebody to score from first. Right. And my wife looks up and said, did he get to third? And I said, no, that was Quincy. That's a double. That literally happened, and then he just repeated it. Sorry, Q. Uh, he's been fun to watch, though. Very much. And th- this team has been fun to watch, and hopefully it continues this weekend. I, I will say that the-, the fact that Sam Houston State is not a baseball power, per se, that that matters not. I mean, what they did was impressive, and you can look back. I mean, Florida State, in the super regional era, has gone to, the college- has gone to Omaha five times, and all five times they've advanced from home. So from that standpoint, it's good. But you look at a, an Indiana team a couple years ago, came in here and beat Florida State. Nobody saw that coming. I mean, you kind of scoff at the Big Ten in terms of college baseball. And then they, lo and behold, they come in here and do it. So uh, my sense is, though, that this team, and, and if Quincy's leading the way, he certainly has respect for him based on that conversation. One of the comments he made uh, I found very interesting. He was talking about how our fan, our, our, the national media was disappointed. Our fans were disappointed. We were disappointed. You, you don't hear someone talk about their team as saying, you know, we were disappointed. Normally you get the cliches. Well, we all stood together. We banded together. We knew right, we'd come right. through, that type of thing. And, and my point about that is, is it's very real. They're not, they're not standing behind the cliches and those types of things. And you get someone like Azirzal come in and do what he did. You know, all those types of things – build upon each other that's why baseball is such a a trendy such a you know get hot and get cold type of game and right now florida state hopefully can just ride that crest because they're they're on the top of it yeah they are it's it's been an impressive run they won 18 of 21 hey one more reminder that if you've got a do-it-yourself project that needs to be finished go visit ron and his uh, great staff at cornerstone tool and fastener they'll take care of your power tool needs they're at 1110 stucky avenue or 3269 crawfordville highway you can call them at 580-1200 or visit them online at ctf NU. We appreciate their uh, their support of this program. Uh, that was good stuff with uh, with Tim Linnefelt and Quincy Neaporti. I, I don't want to talk too much about it because you'll hear a lot about it next week. But you do realize, KJ, that a trip that was planned in January is now four wins away from LSU, FSU, head-to-head in their first game in Omaha. We're going to hear about the block family vacation oh, I'm going to send you a postcard when we get out there. Here's the thing. We're going to be there with or without FSU or LSU. Obviously, with would be a better scenario. Okay, uh, send me a picture of your kids, not you. Yeah, well, that's what we do at Christmas time, and yeah, that's that is a better option. All right, he's Keith. I'm Tom. Thanks to Quincy and Tim. We'll talk to you again. Enjoy the Super Regional, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. 